Hello, everyone. Welcome to the March 18th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. On today's episode, I'll be giving out my best bet for all eight round of 32 games set to take place on Sunday. And boy, oh boy, just a quick recap here before we get into my picks on the show today. Um, obviously, this is my first episode since the round of 64 has concluded. And uh, really showed me what happens uh, with gambling, the the joys of sports betting, because halfway through the day yesterday, uh, a little less than halfway through the day, I was hurting. Bets weren't hitting. It seemed like things just weren't going the right way. Uh, a couple teams were like covering the whole game and then were blowing it late. And I just bets just weren't generally going my way. Uh, and then I even tweeted out, I said, nobody cares about this round anyways. Uh, all my losers are mulligans. I'm undefeated. Obviously a joke. I was pretty down. Uh, and then right after I sent that tweet, I went on a nine and zero run with my March Madness picks. I won my last nine bets on Friday, uh, which obviously is an insane run. Uh, and now here I am up a ton heading into the round of 32. So that's, uh, that's, that's gambling, baby. Gambler giveth, gambler taketh away. He giveth last night. I'm sure Gambler will taketh away at some point. Maybe today. Uh, maybe by the time the picks that I'm talking about on this episode happen, maybe I'll be back in a bad spot like it was uh, on Friday. So just a little recap here. Uh, all the picks on the podcast so far, including the first four games for March Madness, the play-in games, I am at 22-14 plus 6.88 units. So to break that down, the first four of the play-in games, I went 4-0 for plus 3.88 units. Uh, round of 64, after winning nine straight games, I finished 18-14 for plus three units, exactly three the way the math worked out uh, with a couple money lines uh, mixed in there. So I finished 18-14 and 14 in the round of 64. So before I went on the nine-game win streak to close out the round, that means I was 7-14. and 14. So I was... <laughs> That's what I was saying when I was in a bad spot. I was sitting at 7-14, and 14 and UConn was tied with Iona at halftime, or might have even been down, or it was a close game regardless. All of a sudden, second half, UConn comes out firing, cover the spread by double digits, and then the eight late games I cover and win in every single one of them. Even FAU was a money line underdog hit. So I went from 7-14 and 14 down like eight units, uh, or maybe a little bit less than that, or maybe a little bit more than that. No, sorry, I would have been nine and I would have been nine and fourteen. There's my math. Uh, I would have been nine and fourteen still. I would have been down like five units, won nine straight games because nine plus nine is eighteen. Nine plus seven is not eighteen. That's fifteen. So I was nine and fourteen, won nine straight games, finished the round at eighteen and fourteen plus three units plus the first four bets that I went four and zero. Oh. Uh, to bring bring me to plus 6.88 units, that, that was podcast plays. Now, if you've been following me on Twitter, I have been tweeting out player props as well. Uh, three for each of the first uh, two round of 64 games. I went 6-0 with those, plus 4.57 units. So if you've tailed every single play on the podcast and every single uh, player prop that I tweeted out, right now you'd be sitting at uh, 28.14 for plus 11.45 units. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, so on today's episode, like I said, uh, I have my picks for Sunday's games. If you missed it, uh, well, the games are just actually going to turn this on and watch it actually while I record. See if something crazy happens. 
Um, but the Saturday games I released yesterday, so if you haven't listened to that and you're looking for Saturday's picks, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, I'm recording this late today. It is 12.20. The first game just tipped off, I think, 10 minutes ago. Um, I drank a lot of wine Friday night, um, so I woke up late today. I'm sorry. It's it's the weekend. Let me enjoy my Friday night. I wasn't waking up at 6 a.m. to record after drinking like two and a half bottles of wine last night. It is Furman. It is San Diego State getting the actions kicked off today. Uh, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, I'm on Furman plus five and a half. As of right now, I just turned it on. San Diego State's up 10 to nine. The Mountain West sucks. Let's go. Let's go Furman, the Paladins. Uh, but let's talk about Sunday's action. We've got eight games to get through. I don't have player props. I was planning on giving player props on the podcast, uh, but one of the games which is, has a player prop I definitely want to bet, uh, Creighton and Baylor, player props aren't posted for it. And some other games, they don't have them posted yet for either. Uh, and I have... Um, I have to bet offshore books living in New York, New York for the, uh, the regulated books. You can't bet college sports player props. So I have to bet at my offshore. So my options are limited for the books I can use and the books I use the offshore books I have to use do not have player props posted for a few games, specifically Creighton Baylor. So I will tweet out player props either tonight or in the morning on Sunday before the game starts. So this episode, I have the eight picks uh all sides i don't think i have any totals i lost both totals i bet yesterday so i'm I'm off the totals eight picks all sides for sunday's action let's get into it first game i think i have these in chronological order we'll start off with pitt and xavier now we'll take pitt plus five and a half against xavier in the spot very similar stats between these two teams despite very different records Obviously, Xavier being one of the better teams in the Big East. Uh, very similar stats. What the difference is, is that I think Pitt has the advantage when it comes to style of play. Uh, Pitt is a three-point shooting team. 34th in the country in three-point shot rate. Xavier cannot defend the three. 276th in opponent three-point field goal percentage, letting teams shoot 35.6% from beyond the arc. And then the opposite is true. In terms of Xavier's offense, they are a two-point shooting team, 44th and two-point shot team, but Pitt is pretty solid uh, with their interior defense, 73rd and opponent two-point field goal percentage. Also, generally, I don't trust Xavier. Uh, I did bet on Kennesaw State to cover the spread against them in round one. Kennesaw State almost won the game outright. They just have some flaws that I don't necessarily love. I watched actually a fair bit of Xavier games this season. I just don't totally trust this team will they win sure i don't have any interest in laying five and a half points on them though especially when pitt has the stylistic advantage i believe so i'll take the panthers plus five and a half for the first game on sunday uh moving on we got kentucky kansas state in terms of my bracket this is an absolute doozy i need this one i have kentucky in my championship game and the short spread concerns me but i will take uh, I, I was going to say I'll take the Wildcats, but this is the battle of the Wildcats, isn't it? Two Wildcats going at it. By the way, complete side note, they needed, most teams that are called the Wildcats need to change their name. Too many Wildcats teams out there. Same with Bulldogs. Too many Bulldogs teams out there. If, you, if you're a school and your mascot's a Wildcat or a Bulldog, you got to change it. We got to find one team that's allowed to be the Wildcats. I'll let Kentucky be the Wildcats. Every other team, Villanova, change your team name. Northwestern, change your team name. Kansas State, change your team name. Uh, when it comes to the Bulldogs, I'll let Gonzaga be the Bulldogs. Butler, change your name. 
any other bull I can't think of another bulldog team but there are a lot of bulldog teams out there wildcats change your name uh regardless i'm taking kentucky minus one and a half here and just like uh, a lot of games actually on sunday slate is they're all short spreads and for good reason because a lot of them are very similar statistically there's not many games where i'm like oh this team is way better than the than, than the other team from a stat standpoint so what i do like about kentucky extra scoring chances per game you guys know i love that stat 21st in the country and extra scoring chances per game at plus 4.6 kansas state 147th at plus 0.5 also, effective possession ratio is the biggest difference here. Fourth is Kentucky. Kansas State, 269th. The big reason why Kansas State doesn't rank high in either of those analytics is because they turn the ball over a ton. 299th in the country in turnovers per possession. I think that's going to cost them. And what otherwise should be a very close game, I will take the Wildcats. Yes, the, wild, the, the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> See, I'm confusing myself. This is why teams need to change their name. Too many Wildcats out there. Give me Kentucky uh, minus one and a half against Kansas State. Uh, moving on. Yeah, too many Wildcats. Moving on, we got Marquette and Michigan State. I want to take Michigan State. My heart tells me to take Michigan State. I love Tom Izzo, my favorite coach of all time. I tweeted yesterday about the time that he lunged at a player. I love it. One of my favorite clips ever. But I'll take Marquette minus two and a half. I just can't get over Marquette shooting and their ability to force turnovers. Um, seventh in the country in effective field goal percentage. Michigan State is 118th. Michigan State's shooting defense is solid. And I think they should be able to find some success down low against Marquette. But Michigan State can't really force turnovers. And that's something Marquette can do extremely well. Just look at their extra scoring chances per game. Marquette's... 35th in the country of plus 3.5 michigan state 256th at minus 1.6 so i can overlook the shooting advantage marquette has if michigan state was good at forcing turnovers and not giving up turnovers and offensive rebounding but they're not so i think Mar i'm not a believer in marquette either i think there are teams out there that can beat them i don't think michigan state is going to be that team unfortunately so short spread here it's going to be a close game not my most confident play for sure but i just keep looking at <clears throat> Marquette and their shooting ability. I'll take the Golden Eagles minus two and a half. Now this game, I think, is probably the most intriguing game of the entire slate. UConn and St. Mary's, because if St. Mary's was in a different region, I would have taken St. Mary's to go far. But they're in the region of death, and they're taking on a UConn team who you guys know I absolutely love. I've been living and dying with UConn over the past few weeks, past couple months. I'm not going to stop riding with them now. So I'll take UConn minus three and a half. I was a little bit worried there against Iona for a second, but they pulled away in a big way in the second half. Um, and hopefully they keep that momentum going. So St. Mary's did beat VCU yesterday, um, but I actually wasn't extremely impressed with them. I know they beat them by 12, but that was the largest lead the entire game was exactly what it finished at 12. Uh, the most of the game was very close. I don't like VCU. I don't think VCU is a very good team. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think the Atlantic 10 as a whole had a down year as a conference. And I, for me to be impressed by St. Mary's, they had to dominate that game against VCU, and they didn't. Uh, between these two teams, statistically, UConn and St. Mary's, things are very close. Couldn't find much from Ned statistics-wise, but of course, I think UConn has had a much, much, much tougher schedule this season than St. Mary's has. 
Um, I will say one key thing to keep an eye on is perimeter defense. Both teams are three-point shooting teams. UConn's much better at defending the three, though. 20th in the country in opponent three-point field goal percentage. St. Mary's is 103rd. Uh, and that's not a good sign for a Gales team that only shot 17.6% from beyond the arc against VCU yesterday. So I will back UConn in this spot. I don't think there's a big edge on the spread. I don't love this play. I wish I could have got UConn at like minus two, minus two and a half. It's three and a half. I'll take it though. Give me the Huskies. Minus three and a half. Uh, so that is halfway through the picks. For the second four games, we're going to start off with Creighton and Baylor. I'm going to take Creighton here. I am not a believer in Baylor whatsoever. I'll be fading Baylor until they lose in the tournament. I think they are an extremely soft team, especially down low. One of the worst interior defenses in the entire country. They rank 315th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. Now, Creighton is a three-point shooting team, which isn't ideal, but they have weapons to be able to attack Baylor down low, and I hope they do that specifically their leading scorer, Ryan Kalkbrenner, is that how you pronounce his name? Seven foot one guy that they have. He is their leading scorer. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he can pound Baylor down low. When I was mentioning earlier about uh, player props and how they don't have Creighton Baylor player props available yet, this is the one that I want to play. I want to play Ryan Kalkbrenner over his point total. Seven foot one, Baylor's uh, interior defense is one of the worst in the country. I think he can pound him down low. I will be taking his point total. Haven't seen it posted yet at any of the books uh, where I can bet. Like I said, I have to bet offshore because New York, you can't bet college player props at regulated books. Um, another big part of Baylor's success is that they rebound, uh, they grab a ton of offensive rebounds. That's going to be um, nullified against Creighton because Creighton is 20th in defensive rebounding. So another area where Baylor does usually find success, won't be able to in this game. I think this is a great stylistic matchup for Creighton. I hope they recognize that Baylor is terrible uh, with their interior defense and just pound the rock down low. Pound it with Ryan Kalkbrenner, the seven foot one center. Give me Creighton, the Blue Jays, plus one. Who, by, by the way, I think Creighton does have a uh, Canadian starter on the team as well, which is cool for me. So give me Creighton, plus one against Baylor. Next up, we have the matchup everyone expected in the round of 32. It is FAU. It is FDU. Uh, the second ever 16 seed to win. In the NCAA tournament. What a story. Fairley Dickinson. I did take them yesterday. Plus what? 23 and a half. Uh, and if you're curious. It is the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. UMBC was a 20 point underdog. When they upset Virginia. Fairley Dickinson. I believe 23 and a half was the number. Um, and they won outright. So they covered that bet for me by about 28 points. <laughs> I literally did not have a concern the entire game. To catch that bet. Do I wish I took money line? Yes. But would I realistically taken money line on a 16 seed? Absolutely not. So I'm not too distraught about it. Uh, Electric Factory. Purdue. I think Purdue might be the only fan base I feel worse for uh, than the fan bases I belong to. Being a Maple Leafs fan... Maybe not so much a Blue Jays fan, but Maple Leafs and Falcons fan. Pretty low down on the totem pole and just absolute heartbreaks. Maybe there's like the Detroit Lions rank a little bit worse. And then Purdue's got to be the worst. Last year, they lost a 15 seed St. Peter's. This year, 16 seed Fairleigh Dickinson. I believe in 2021, they lost to like a 13 seed or something, didn't they? So just, <laughs> hey, you won the Big Ten though. 
regular season and tournament. So remember that. But oh my God, that's got to be the worst feeling as a fan to lose a sixteen or loses a one seed to a sixteen seed. Unbelievable. Regardless, I'm fading Fairleigh Dickinson. I apologize to all the uh, fans of the Knights out there. Give me Florida Atlantic, the Owls. Hoot 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 hoot. Minus thirteen and a half against Fairleigh Dickinson. Let's remember who Fairleigh Dickinson is. Um, let me set aside of praise him enough. Unbelievable performance yesterday against Purdue. They played at an A plus game. Purdue played at an F game. Everywhere execution, coaching, everywhere luck. Uh, and that's why they play the games, because that is possible. If a 16 seed plays at an A-plus level, their best possible game, and the number one seed plays their worst possible game, these upsets can happen and have happened twice now. But let's remember who Fairleigh Dickinson is. They're not going to play at an A-plus level for the entire tournament. This is the kind of level that they're going to play at, or they're going to play somewhere around their season average throughout the rest of the way, probably. To be fair, St. Peter's last year played A-plus games, or at least an A game, three straight games when they made it to the Elite Eight. But I can't bank on that happening again. Generally, teams will regress to the mean a little bit. And let's remember, this is a team that's 125th in effective field goal percentage. Excuse me, 282nd in defensive efficiency, 204th in rebounding, 152nd in average scoring margin. Their average scoring margin this season was plus 1.1 against... The kind of competition that Fairleigh Dickinson played. This is a team that didn't even win their conference tournament. Don't forget, the only reason uh, why they made it in, and I'm realizing I put Florida minus 13 and a half. Let me fix that here. FAU minus 30 and a half, 13 and a half. The only reason why they're in the tournament is because Merrimack, who won their conference tournament, isn't eligible to be in the NCAA tournament because I think they're a new D1 team. So they have to wait a few years before they can make the NCAA tournament, which is a stupid rule. But regardless, Fairleigh Dickinson shouldn't even be in the tournament. They didn't win their conference tournament. They played one power conference team this season. It was Pittsburgh. They lost by 22 points. They lost by 29 points to the Richmond Spiders, a bad A-10 team. They lost to teams like Sacred Heart, like Stone Hill, like Central Connecticut. Um, so they are a 16 seed for a reason. Like I said, they played an A-plus game yesterday. I can't bet on them having another A-plus game. Maybe they will, but in terms of where I'm going to back my money, I'm going to bet them not having a second straight A-plus game. Florida Atlantic, they are a legitimate team. I took them as Moneyline underdogs yesterday against Memphis. Very, very, very good. Team that beat up better competition all season. They have an average scoring margin of plus 12.5 this season. Seventh best in the country. They beat the Florida Gators earlier this year, a power conference team. They just beat Memphis yesterday. A very good Memphis team. Had three losses all season, and one of them was to Ole Miss. So... Florida Atlantic, very good team, 23rd in effective field goal percentage, 17th in defensive efficiency, 20th in rebounding. I think they wiped the floor with Fairleigh Dickinson, unfortunately. <clears throat> and if I do lose this bet, I hope that I, I hope Fairleigh Dickinson just wins outright because even though I'm willing to lose money just to watch uh, a 16 seed go on a run. So there you go, Florida Atlantic, minus 13 and a half. And if I'm correct, UMBC... NCAA tournament. I believe the last 16 seed that won UNBC, I think they got the floor wiped with them in their next game. Um, 2018 tournament. UNBC. UNBC. No, they only lost by seven to Kansas State in the second round. Huh, interesting. Okay, ignore that point. I take it back. (laughs) 
Uh, let's move on to the next game. Indiana against Miami. I will take Indiana minus one and a half here. This is where Miami's lack of defense is going to hurt them. This is, I talked about this. I did pick Miami to win a cover against Drake, um, but I said their lack of defense is going to hurt them at some point. I think it hurts them now because uh, Indiana is just as good of a shooting team as Miami. They're 25th and 36th in effective field goal percentage. Indiana's much better defensively, though. Indiana 88th in defensive efficiency, 31st in opponent effective field goal percentage. Miami 186th and 213th in those two defensive categories. But listen to this. Here's the big defense, uh, the big difference. Indiana's going to be able to crush them down low. Ninth in the country in two-point shot rate. Miami's 96th. Indiana, though, 16th in opponent two-point field goal percentage, keeping teams to shooting just 45.1% down low. Miami, 255th in opponent two-point field goal percentage, teams shooting 51.8% against them down low. So both two-point shooting teams. Indiana's interior defense is leagues above Miami's, and Indiana takes the large majority of their shots from down low. They're not a three-point shooting team whatsoever, and Miami stinks at guarding the interior of their defense. So I think Indiana is going to destroy them down low. This is my favorite bet of the day. If you want my best bet, it is this one. Indiana minus one and a half against the Hurricanes. One more play for Sunday. It is Texas Christian University. It is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, this one is a tough one. A lot of these games are tough, by the way. Um, I would say three of them are confident. The other five I probably wouldn't bet except for the fact that I'm betting on every single game. This one, TCU, I'll take them and the points against the Bulldogs. Huge advantage for TCU, and I think it's a path to victory for them in this game, is forcing turnovers. We saw Gonzaga uh, cough the ball up 12 times against Grand Canyon yesterday. TCU's even better at forcing turnovers, 22nd in the country in opponent turnovers per possession. If they can keep that up and make Gonzaga make mistakes, they can keep this game close. Uh, it's also worth noting both of these teams are two-point shooting teams, but TCU is much better at defending two-point shots, and this is actually a weakness of Gonzaga's defense. Gonzaga's defense, 219th, and opponent two-point field goal percentage teams are shooting 51% down low against them. TCU comes in at 127th, uh, but that's obviously against much better competition. TCU comes from the Big 12, the best college basketball conference this season. TCU is battle-tested. They've played the Kansases of the world this season. They've played the Baylors of the world. They've played um, the Texases of the world. So TCU knows what it takes to at least hang with this top-tier top competition teams like Gonzaga. Uh, and I think their defense and their ability to force turnovers will keep this game close, if not win this game outright. Uh, but with that being said, I do not have any money lineups upsets for Sunday, unfortunately. A lot of very close games. I'm very excited. I actually think stylistic-wise and just matchup-wise, Sunday is going to be a great slate of games. Every single one of these games are interesting for their own reason. I'm pumped to watch these Sunday games. Uh, there you have it. I'll just roll through my picks one more time here. I got Pitt plus 5.5 against Xavier. Kentucky minus 1.5 against Kansas State. Marquette minus 2.5 against Michigan State. UConn minus 3.5 against St. Mary's. Creighton plus 1 against Baylor. Florida Atlantic minus 13.5 against Fairleigh Dickinson. Indiana minus 1.5 against Miami. And TCU plus 4.5 against Gonzaga. San Diego State just took a 21-17 lead against Furman. Let's go Paladins. 
make a little comeback here. Uh, but there you have it. Those have been my picks for today. If you've been following along with my March Madness picks and if you've been doing well, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a like. That helps us out. Leave a little comment about what your best bet is for Sunday's action. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to your podcast, rate and review the podcast. All this stuff is free. All I ask you is you give me a rate, you give me a like, you give me a subscribe um, so I can keep doing it for free. So thank you all so much. Gamble or bless. Let's stay hot. I will be back. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the next round, the Sweet 16 starts Thursday, I believe, doesn't it? So um, probably... Tuesday, probably Tuesday morning. I'll probably have my episode for the first round of Sweet 16 games out on Tuesday morning. And I might just do the full round of Sweet 16. So sometime this week, it'll be Monday or Tuesday morning, probably Tuesday morning. Uh, I'll be back. So look out for that. Um, and if you subscribe to the channel, uh, then you'll uh, the video will come up on your subscription feed. So then you know when the episode comes out. Thank you all so much for watching. Gambler Blast. Best of luck with all your picks. Keep it on my Twitter at IanMacBets. If you want my player props for Sunday, I'll tweet them out Sunday morning. All right. I got nothing else to say. Goodbye. Good luck. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week.